to another episode of Budgeting Period, your podcast to kind of help you get your financial mess in order. And so today we're going to be talking with the speaker that I just love this topic on self-esteem and something that I don't really talk about on a regular basis. We kind of get into the the nuts and bolts, the nitty gritty of a budget and the tactical things, but um, money has a lot of emotional and um, inner work that has to be done as well. And so I like to tap into other experts and resources so that you guys can kind of get that full, that full angle so that you can improve your finances, um, and get out of debt. So, um, without further ado, Clarissa, hello, welcome to the show. Hello there, Kelly. It's so good to be here. Boy, I'm telling you when you start to talk about, you know, first of all, all of the energy that surrounds what is money and our thoughts about it, uh, and the things that were kind of taught about money early on, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Who do you think we are? The Rockefellers, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and then, you know, trying to turn that around midstream is not always easy for sure. But one of the things that comes to mind when we start talking about that is also the imposter syndrome. You know, when we're in business and we are, whether it's corporate, but, you know, we, I, I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, solopreneur really. And so a lot of the people that I speak to are, whether in my mastermind or networking events are, you know, they're doing it on their own and they really a lot of times feel as though, you know, they don't deserve or they're faking their way until they make it. You know, all of this, those constructs that we put on ourselves that kind of weigh heavily on our shoulders instead of just coming at this whole thing and going, you know what? Good at what I do. I bring value to the table. I've got a fabulous offer. My pricing is in line, in alignment uh, and maybe even just a little bit more because I'm worth that much more um, because I'm really, really good at what I do. You know, what, whatever happened to all of those waves, uh, ways of speaking to ourselves, you know, which really do bring, really does bring the best of us to light whenever we're, we are taught and women especially have a very hard time. And again, I was going to say that women, especially. And so yesterday being, you know, um, international women's day, um, I, you know, thought there was very little to celebrate really, because we're still not, we're not there yet. Uh, there was a Forbes article that I read last, last week, 10 days ago said, you know, women are still making, making about 81 cents on the dollar, uh, with respect to men. There's very little to celebrate there, you know, and the difference between what is being left on the table. In other words, if women were to be making a hundred, you know, the same amount as men, it would put billions and billions of dollars back into the economy, making everything a win-win for all. So I don't get it. But with that having been said, uh, and it's unfortunate to this day that we're still fighting, you know, that fight, but let's not forget our worth and continue to remember our worth and continue to bring our, our value to the table. And it, it's so interesting because when you said fake it till you make it, that was something that I believed for so long. And it was something that I was actually kind of semi-recently in the last year or so corrected by um, somebody that came on the podcast and they were like, but why are you faking it? Like, aren't you good at what you do? Like, shouldn't, like, don't you have, you know, credentials and a background to support where you are today? And it's just something that we just hear all the time. And especially as women, we feel like we have to go above and beyond and prove ourselves. And even there's the stats and I don't know them off the top of my head, but when women applying to jobs versus men applying to jobs and women apply to jobs that they fit 95% of the criteria and men apply to jobs that they fit, you know, 40 or 50% of the criteria. And it's just kind of ingrained into us. And so I love this topic of 
self-esteem and knowing your worth and just understanding that you can be the change for your money and you can get out of debt. Um, you just kind of have to believe it and you have to kind of take your past mistakes and kind of not necessarily move on, but um, learn more and do better. And um, yeah. that's why well, you have to learn more exactly. Continually be, yes. you know, uh, continually be evolving and educating yourself. I think that's a number one. You know, there is nothing there's, I don't know if there's one more publication about self-esteem, self-awareness, self-confidence or whatever else that I could have read in my lifetime, because that's what really was of interest to me. Uh, let's t- go back a second to imposter syndrome for context. Here's the definition or one of the definitions that I found. It's the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills right? Mm. So people suffering from the imposter syndrome may be at risk for increased anxiety. There's risk of anxiety when you're like, oh my God, I'm going into this interview now. And what if, and I didn't, and am I prepared? You know, I mean, that, let's just, let's just continually evolve and let's just continually educate ourselves. You know, I'm no PhD in self-esteem. I have no, you know, I don't have a doctorate of any sort. But I know that anything you can throw at me a straight across the board. And by the way, you know, self-esteem doesn't discriminate. And it's really broad and really deep. I mean, we can talk about self-esteem and all of its different iterations all day long. But one of the most important things I think for your podcast and for your audience to listen to is that when I was writing this book, that was very important to me that there was a chapter about the importance of women and their self-esteem and their finances and making money and the independence that comes with making your own money, the strength and the fortitude that comes with knowing that you can depend on yourself and you are dependent on no other human being for your sustenance. Important. Well, I'm not going to say who, but someone along the way said to me, what, what, like, why? And it wasn't a female, by the way. What's the big, I don't get it. Like, why would you, I mean, really? You want to put that in the book? Really? I want to put, that's like one of the most important things of all that I wanted to put in the book. And I went, oh, no, no, no. I said, we can talk about a lot of things. And there are a few things I'm, I'm, I got some wiggle room on and we can negotiate, but this isn't one of them. And when I work with couples, it's always really important that I have each person in the relationship also managing that money together. And so we all have to split up household chores. We all can't do everything, right? But within the money, you can split up tasks within the money, but each person needs to be involved in the money. Each person needs to know exactly what is the budget, where is our spending going, who's going to be tracking the money, do we both track the money, how much income do we have coming in, how do we decide where it's going. And it's just so important that two people are involved in their process. Otherwise, when one is involved, the other person, it can be great right away because it's one less thing for you to do. But then eventually you you get lost from the actual goal and you're not connected anymore and you don't understand the path that you're maybe on isn't what you've maybe envisioned for your life. Or decide just to have separate bank accounts and come to the table in a whole different way, right? Exactly. And you know, let me just say that women of my generation my mother's generation and certainly my grandmother's generation never even know what a checkbook looked like. You know, there are so many women that I speak to. I'm 64 now. So just to give content, there are so many women that I speak to in my age group, my mother's age group, you know, their eighties. And then I remember my my grandmother never touched a a checkbook in her life. She had no idea what the economics of the household was. Right. So wow. Have things, I mean, you, you talk about, 
you know, you've come a long way, baby. And I don't know if you'll remember that that uh, that um, reference. And that was a that was a it was a commercial a long time ago. And I don't remember if it was a makeup commercial or it was a, you've come a long way, baby. It might have even been a cigarette commercial. I can't remember quite. Sounds frankly, right. <laughs> back in the seventies, it was you've come a long way, baby, from our mothers and our grandmothers. So yeah, can't cannot underline and, and highlight enough the importance of, of, you know, having your own strength when it comes to, you know, your, your sustenance, your finances. And is self-esteem something that we are continuously working on? Can we kind of hit this epitome of we've made it and we're this confident being in the world or what is, how, what have you said? Yeah, everybody starts it, you know, their self-esteem in a different way because, you know, it, obviously it goes back to the natal tribe and what you've been, you know, what you've been indoctrinated with there. Um, and then, you know, what is your emotional quotient? What are you willing to learn? How much are you willing to open up? And certainly that's really more subjective. It's really more who you are as a person. Some people emotionally are like way out there and some people emotionally are so shut down. You know, it's really hard. So no two people being the same means no two people live their sense of self-esteem, whether happy and healthy or not in the same way. Um, you're never going to take a self-esteem test and get a hundred on it. Never going to happen. And that's because life happens and it happens around us and it happens to us and it happens with us. And, you know, I, 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 I frequently I'll talk about standing strong in your stead because you've got the resources or the tools in the shed that you need on any given moment when life happens. If a tornado comes through, we've got a horrible hurricane coming through town, you know, as a tree that's very well rooted, you may lose a leaf or two or three, you might even lose a branch. But if you're good and strong and you're really well rooted, you're not going to be uprooted with the storm and carried away. Mm. Well, the same is kind of the same case scenario with our psyche. When we are really well-rooted, when we do have the tools, when we have done the reading, when we have done, when we have educated ourselves, when, when we put our own empowerment as, you know, really something um, paramount for our growth, then we will most likely handle it in a much different way um, and a stronger way um, uh, from, a, from a place of readiness. You know, um, and a lot of people don't do the work. A book like mine is really more of a manual. This is a yeah. book that when you read it, you're going to go through the 12 chapters. Each chapter begins with a reword. And we start with release. And I'll tell you, if you can get the release chapter down, you're 80% of the way there. Mm -hmm. Because most of us don't understand like, what's going on? What's up? Why am I still stuck? Why am I not changing? Why am I so resistant? All of the stuff, all the muck that keeps us stuck is what we really need to release. And therein lies a little bit of the conundrum because it's probably the toughest chapter and the most difficult to get through. The book is an easy read yeah. because I put it like a manual. But the work in here will take tenacity. It will take it will take courage. Yeah, and you might Which just want to does. Yeah, read a chapter at a time. Put it down. Think it through. Do the homework. You know, from the clarion call to Clarissa's corner to the review to the case studies to the affirmations, whatever it is, the exercises. I mean, the book is chock full of stuff. Just do the work. 
because no matter from no matter where you you could be at ground zero or you could be flying higher than a kite as far as how happy your life is doesn't matter there's always something to work on i had one of the worst 2020 one of the worst years of my life was last year i was sick twice i had a relationship broke up my mother was in a horrible car accident in august i i mean i lost all of my google drive i don't know if i'm if i'm painting a picture of what a terrible year it was but it was the year my book came out mm. and it was my it was my life it was my life raft it was it was the life uh, what are the thing you know the thing they throw out at you the lifesaver right um uh, that was really you know, funnily enough my own book and speaking about it and 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 sharing it to I, I, honestly i must have done 200 podcasts 200 podcasts since this has come out sharing it has been as cathartic for me as it has been hopefully for many that have listened or have gone and gotten the book. I was going to say, it must've been healing even at some point to be able to talk about all of that and um, just share your experiences while you're also like helping people. And I I can't help but think when you talk about self-esteem, especially with the younger generations, there's all this talk and all about just manifestation. And so I can't help but correlate. Is there, do you see... A, a relevance to manifestation work and self-esteem and um not the not not necessarily the the um the falsehood of believing something that isn't true but do you believe that manifesting and self-esteem i guess go side to side or hand in hand with each other absolutely. or do you see them as two different things oh and they're not two different things and absolutely it's a really powerful tool and exercise that we all should be using, you know, self-esteem or no self-esteem. If you want to get to a bigger, better place, a bolder, more beautiful place, you need to be, you know, doing that kind of work too. But one of the things that we talk about in the, in the book is mirror therapy. Mm. Now, mirror therapy is something that I learned with the Louise Hayes works. And I know that Jack Canfield has used it in some of his work, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, you know, uh, co-author. Um, and it's powerful. When you can get in front of the mirror and it looks weird and it feels weird and it sounds weird and you probably don't want to do it when anybody else is around and it's going to feel really uncomfortable. But when you are looking, you know, there's two things you can do with the mirror. You can look at the mirror and therefore at yourself, or you can look into the mirror and therefore into yourself. And that's the difference. There's a mm. real deep dive that, is, that takes place when you are actually saying to yourself, you know, I just want to tell you, I really like you. Actually, I love you. I am so proud of you. You did such an amazing job on that interview. And I want you to know that for that, whatever I, you did, I forgive you. And, I mean, God, you know, you were waiting for people to validate us, you know, in this way all the time. And if we're waiting for mom or our boyfriend or our girlfriend or our sisters or our brothers or our, you know, we're going to wait a long time. So why not be, you know, be our the best advocate for ourselves? That is really what the most important part of all this is. And again, we're all starting at a different level. That's fine. Start where you need to start. One of the things that I think that has been really the uh, the b- the bane of you know the, this these last generations, obviously, is social media. And there's something that I heard recently that was really great. It was like social media brings us close to those that are far away. And distances us from those that are close to us. Mm. So if you're at the same dinner table with somebody, but you're all on your devices, 
how close are you to them? You know what I mean? So that was mm-hmm. one of the things I was like, wow, that's really, we really need to start, you know, really as adults, you know, ensuring that we get time with our kids. It came up yesterday. Somebody was asking me about, you know, how to parent. I'm not a parent. I, I am not an expert in, in that material, but I can guarantee you that everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard and everybody wants to be understood. And that goes for mostly, especially for our kids, Right. Um, so put put all those those things down. Yesterday, um, for International Women's Day, Dove self this Dove Self Esteem Project came out with something that I thought was extraordinary. And I don't know if you've been on TikTok lately, if you or if you've heard about the bold glamour filter. And there's been a lot of hullabaloo about this bold glamour filter and what it does basically is take who you are and makes you a more beautiful version of yourself. Although in a lot of cases, that's almost impossible. I think we're all beautiful the way we are, but it puts more makeup and poor lipstick and some eyelashes. It does the whole thing. And and it's 85% of girls are distorting the way that they look online before the age of 13. And so Dove came out and a lot of the influencers now on TikTok have jumped on this immediately. And it is hashtag no digital distortion, hashtag turn your back, meaning turn your back on these filters, right? Because they can't do anything to the back of your head, right? And hashtag toxic influence. Yeah. So the idea of teaching our kids at an early age, what is real and what isn't, is really important as well. Now, this may not have much to do with the finances part of um, what we wanted to talk about, but it does really bring home where we are as a society and how important it is that we keep, you know, we were vigilant to our, you know, to our younger generations because, yeah, because it's that, I think it's that important. It's just that important. I think there there was a period of time where, um, you know, the Kardashian kind of phase of everybody was looking not, they were not putting out there in the world what it was actually a real, whether it's the stories or the pictures that you're putting or everything as a filter or all that kind of stuff. And I do see this change of um, not wanting to have those filters and people showing what they actually look like and right. um, models refusing to be touched up if they're going to be on ads and stuff like that. And and I think it's so important. And I think it does kind of relate to our finances because I always talk about keeping up with the Joneses. And that is a big reason why people are in debt is because their neighbor got the new car and they feel like they should probably upgrade their car or their house isn't quite big enough for the neighborhood that they live in or whatever it is. And we're we're trying to give off this perception of something that we're not. Um, and it can actually do a lot of financial harm. Even these influencers, you you, talk, you hear them talking about never wearing an outfit more than once and having to buy a different outfit every single day and spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on just clothing. And it's, and it's just so silly because if this self-esteem work, right, if we do it correctly and if we can be okay and happy with ourselves with who we are, and we could be grateful for the gifts that we have and the skills that we have and just being a good human is enough. Um, then I think we can have a little bit of contentment in that. Yeah. Why don't we just start practicing radical gratitude for what we do have? And there's nothing wrong with working for, for, you know, things that you want to have a nice car. You want to have a lovely home. You want to be able to go take your trips. That's all great. That's a part of life. You know, it's, 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 it's fine. All of that is fine. But I think that if we have to continually, you know, keep up with, I don't even know who the Joneses are. So I have no (laughs) idea what, I mean, I have no clue who they are. I beat, you know, I really, 
when I first came out with the book, I was at Barnes, at Barnes and Noble uh, at a book signing. And one little 11 year old girl comes up with her mom and she had a book in her hand. It wasn't mine. It was another book. And I said to her, so the mom came over and says, oh, so what do we have here? So I started to talk to, you know, mom and daughter. And the daughters uh, asked me a couple of questions. I said, honey, one of the things that if you take only one thing away today from listening, talking to me for these few minutes, and that she was 11, I said, and that is never, ever, 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 ever compare yourself to anyone else. Mm-hmm. You haven't walked up, you haven't walked a mile in their shoes. It's a lot of times it's perception. And guess what? You are so lucky that you get to be you. Do you think that? And you can go to higher power, universe, God, Jesus, Buddha, whatever. You want to, yep. Do you think that they didn't know exactly what they were doing when they created you? Mm. You know, so it kind of gave a di- and, and the mom was standing there the whole time going, see, what did I tell you? What did I, didn't I tell? I've been telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom goes, she had her hear from somebody else. And I said, well, I'm glad that somebody else was me, but you know, I think uh, it's so true. Even when I was on my debt-free journey and I paid off $46,000 more than that. And I would always be like, I wish I had less debt. And I was always down on myself for having so much debt. And then as this work continues, I meet so many people that have so much more debt than me that would be blessed to have the amount of debt that I had. And so we all have different reasonings for our debt and reasonings for our insecurities are the path that we take. And, but we are our own individual person. And it's about, like we said earlier, just continuing the learning, continuing to do a little bit better each day and being a little bit happy and grateful with ourselves um, so that we can take a little bit of the pressure off because, you know, life isn't fun if we're just anxious and stressed out all the time because we don't think we're good enough. And we're always trying to keep up with somebody else. Yeah. And here's the other thing I'll, I want to leave you with, because I know we're, we're, we're closing up. And that is, if you take a look at the definition of enough, mm. I am enough, you are enough, we are enough, everybody's enough. The definition of enough is only as much as is required. Mm. Now, required by whom? Required by what? Where, who, what, like, who is telling anyone what enough is or isn't? So the new mantra, ladies and gentlemen, is this. I am so much more than enough. Because mm. enough doesn't sound like a lot. When you said it that way, I was like, well, that's, a, that's a pretty low bar, like just to, you know, be the bare minimum. But we're way more than that. And we um, offer up more than that. And we are Absolutely. better partners than that and better friends than that. Um, and I don't know if you have Clarissa enough time for this, but I know you talk about the four pillars of self-esteem. Do you, can you go ahead and give us those four items Absolutely. Um, So look good, feel good, be good and greater good. Look good. We know what that means. When we're pulled together, when we've, Mm -hmm. you know, our hair's looking good, whatever it is, you know, we've got a lovely outfit on, we're just walking out the door and we've got a lilt in our step because there's nothing wrong with wanting to look good, right? We just want to look nice for ourselves. And if others agree, oh, well, whatever they think, it's none of our business. Yes. (laughs) You can't change their opinion on it, right? Well, so it is none, none of, of our business, business anyway. And we yeah. wish them a good day. Look good, feel good. Diet, exercise, nutrition. Diet means something different for everyone else. And when I say diet, it means just getting the right foods. You know, for example, I know that I'm a type A blood type. I know there are certain things I can and cannot eat. My stomach, you know, my body tells me I have to eat gluten-free. All of that stuff, figure that out. So that whatever it is that you're ingesting is optimal for your body, for your health. Diet, exercise, important nutrition. I think we covered that already. Be good, 
relationship, leadership, finances, our business, our friendships, you know, self-care also is something that we need to be taking more time on. Everybody's like, I don't have the time, I don't have the time. If you have the time to do a million other things in your day or in your week, you have the time, put it in your calendar as though it was another um, uh, appointment. Appointment or, yep. Any other doctors, you know, uh, whatever it is you have to do, make, put it in the, the calendar and make sure that you take those two hours and take an Epsom salt bath, you know, listen to beautiful, me read a book, take a walk in nature, whatever that is for you, go out with your girlfriends, have a coffee, take the break because you must give yourself some time off from the devices. You just have to do that. So look good, feel good, be good, greater good for, uh, you know, uh, tithing, volunteering, paying back, paying it forward, giving back, paying it forward. All the things that you do for someone else that makes you feel good too. So guess what? Win-win, right? So those are the four pillars. If you can look good, feel good, be good, and live your greater good, or you're light years ahead. That's so wonderful. I'm I'm so glad that you put it that way because it gives us little categories and little buckets. We don't have to do everything, but if you can do a couple of things in each little area and we just start from there. Um Claire, so this has been so great. And I'm and I hope this for our audience listening is just motivating to want to be a little bit better and want to believe in ourselves and want to accomplish the things that we never thought we could accomplish. Um and so where can we find you? Tell us a little bit about um, your handles or your book. And um, I want everyone to support you at how we can. I thank you for that. And I'll just leave you with this. We are the ones that are complicating things. We complicate things. It doesn't have to be, it shouldn't be that difficult to love yourself. Mm. Start, if you have to start small, do the little things, but you know, go big because you are an extraordinary human being, no matter who, who you are. And I hope you're listening to this and you better believe me. Cause if you don't, I'm coming after you. Okay. <laughs> you heard it here first folks. You heard it here first. Uh, you can find me anywhere. I mean, I'm in the Barnes and Noble store with my book. It's the blue cover. So the self-esteem regime, we are in Barnes and Noble. We are on Kindle and we are on audible and in all the Barnes and Noble stores pretty much around the world at this point. That's so great. Well, I will go ahead and link your book um, in the show notes here today, but thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you for your insight and we hope you have a wonderful day. 